I told you that every single team had a chance to get any player they wanted in a redraft? What if I told you that the worst team in the NFL had a chance to get a Super Bowl MVP? What if I told you that the worst defense in the league can add a two-time defensive player of the year and not have to worry about a salary cap? Hello everybody, I'm the Sideline Statsman and welcome to today's episode of the Pigskin Pulpit. On this episode, we're going over ESPN's entire redraft. It has been a long road up to now and I know we've been on hiatus, but with everything going on right now in the world, I felt it was a much needed break we needed so we could process what's happening and it's as simple as that. And now that it feels like things are starting to ease up a little bit, starting to calm down, I feel like this is the best time to get back into sports and focus on getting away from current events and just going into what we really love and enjoy, which is sports and any other hobbies that you may have. So for that reason, I've been preparing this for a while, and in my hand currently, I have the entire redraft done by ESPN and has been released today. This entire redraft gives every team four rounds, one pick each round, with no trades, to pick four players to build a franchise around, to change their team. And this includes superstars that are on the board like Patrick Mahomes, Lamar Jackson, Aaron Donald, Mike Evans, Michael Thomas, Tredavious White, everybody you can think of, they are available. There are a few rules, but I also feel like it's important to mention that the GMs in this case who made these decisions were the team reporters from ESPN. So every team reporter got to become a GM for their team and do an entire redraft. So we're going to go through all that and decide who has the best and the worst. Who made the best picks and made the best team possible and who made the worst team possible. And we're just going to go quickly over that and I think you guys will really enjoy it and it'll be fun. But before we can go any further and have fun with this and really dive into the craziness that this was, let's look at now the rules because you can't have a redraft or any draft at all without some rules. First off, every current NFL player is available, and salary caps don't matter. There is no salary cap. You can take anybody you want. There's only four rounds, though. So in those four rounds, you're only allowed to take one player each round. So you only get four. You can't trade them. You don't have a salary cap, but everybody's available. In those four picks, each GM had to select a quarterback a non-QB offensive player, and a defensive player. As for the fourth pick, that's a wild card. They could pick anybody they want with that fourth pick. It's up to them. Now, they did use the 2020 NFL draft order. So that means the Bengals have the first pick to be followed by the Redskins, the Lions. You guys know the gist of it. So the difference is, though, the traded picks are now reversed. So every team where they originally would have been take the trades away, that's where they're going to be. And from there, they're going to do it in the snake format. So this is a snake format where they go, the Bengals had the first pick, 
in the first round. So they'll have the last pick in the second round, then the first and the third, and then the last pick in the fourth round. So it'd be alternating their positions. It's like flipping it over. It's like flipping. That's it's it's that simple. Another rule they have is another thing you guys might be a little confused about, which is what about the other 20 starters for each team? Well, each team's roster is still made up of their average level NFL talent. So talent that really doesn't stick out and isn't massive. So great comparisons from ESPN standpoint is uh, Buccaneers offensive tackle Donovan Smith. Edge rusher Harold Landry from the Titans and Titans corner Malcolm Butler. These are average level talent in the NFL. So they would still be on the team and they would be starters. It's only four players who are above average talent up to superstar level. All pro, pro bowl, you know, you know where I'm getting at. Now each GM, this is the most important part. Every GM was asked to draft with the intentions of winning a Super Bowl in the next five years. So some GMs are going to go with a win-now mode, and we're going to go and get a Super Bowl right away as quickly as possible. And then others decided to build a base that could use a year or two to get together so they have longer sustaining success. And those are simply the rules. Those are all the rules that ESPN had in place for their team. Now, with every team I go over, I'm also going to tell you who drafted them from ESPN, who was the GM, which reporter was it. So, I don't want to keep you guys waiting any longer. Let's just jump straight into it. First pick belongs to the Bengals. And they were drafted by Ben Baby, who is the Bengals reporter from ESPN. In the four rounds, the Bengals were able to select... Patrick Mahomes with the first overall pick. Then Josh Allen, the defensive end from the Jaguars. Laramie Tunsil, the offensive tackle. And Tyler Lockett. Those are the four players selected by the Bengals reporter, Ben Baby. Now, obviously, Mahomes was going to have to go number one. No doubt. As for the other picks, though, Allen has nice upside to him, but because he's only one year into the league, he's still unproven. Hasn't really proven himself yet to be a sustainable, successful player in the league. As for the rest of the picks, Tunsil is a fine anchor and does a really good job at his position at tackle. And getting Tyler Lockett at wide receiver being the last pick in the entire four rounds, that's pretty good because that's very he's a very underrated receiver and very reliable. So I think this is not bad from the Bengals. Could definitely use some work, but it's good. The Washington Redskins are next. And they were drafted by John Kame. John Kame is the Redskins reporter from ESPN. He took Russell Wilson, Shaq Barrett, Trent Williams, and Terry McLaurin. Which surprises me because... I mean, I can't blame him for taking Russell Wilson with the second pick. I can't because he's been so good. Nor can I blame him for picking Barrett because... His sack production last year was insane. Now, as for picking Williams, he gets they got an anchor at left tackle, even though he's v- v- aged like beyond his prime. And McLaurin gives Wilson a good young target, so that way they got a guy who's sustainable and gives Wilson reliability as the game goes on. 
and having a receiver that's willing to make big plays real quickly. So overall, great draft again, but Trent Williams was my only shaky pick. Detroit Lions are next, and they were drafted by Michael Rothstein, who is the Lions reporter for them. Their picks were Lamar Jackson, Derwin James, Tredavious White, and DJ Moore. Off the bat, I think they definitely are like the t- one of the top, top teams based off those four selections. Because you got the reigning MVP at third overall, and then in round two, you get Derwin James, who it may be a little early to take a safety, but he's just a star in the league already. So it's not a bad idea. And then you get Tredavious White as a steal at pick number 67, which is the third round for them. And DJ Moore is great value at the pick they got him at in the fourth round, which is third to last. It was a great selection. Great job overall by Rothstein. I got to give him a lot of credit. The Giants are next, and that was and their draft was done by Jordan Rannon. Jordan Rannon's the Giants supporter from ESPN. And for the Giants, he picked Deshaun Watson, Yannick Ngakwe, Teron Armstead, and Allen Robinson. It feels like Watson remains underrated based off the general consensus. So I'm actually really happy that Watson got a good pick here and got picked so early. And then this GM, Jordan Rannon, the reporter, did a great job finding value the rest of the way in Ngakwe for edge rushing, Teron Armstead as a reliable offensive tackle, and then getting Allen Robinson, who's a very underrated receiver in the NFL already. If you guys don't believe me, look up his production when he was in Jacksonville and with Chicago despite having Mitchell Trubisky. Next up's the Miami Dolphins, and they were drafted by Cameron Wolf, their Dolphins reporter. First round, they take Aaron Donald, which is a bold move because they didn't take a QB. However, I can't knock the selection any further because they took Aaron Donald. They took the league's best defensive player. And in the second round, they get Ezekiel Elliott. They get a reliable running back, superstar in the league, great selection. Then the third round, you get Kirk Cousins at quarterback. That was just a good bailout for them in round three because the fact he fell so far was just perfect in concept. And I do believe that getting Kevin Byard, the safety from Tennessee in the fourth round, that is a huge move and a big steal. Very happy with what they did. The Chargers are next, and they were drafted by Kevin Seifert, who is, from what I know, a Chargers fan and is a national NFL writer for ESPN. First pick In the first round, he takes Ronnie Stanley, which is intriguing in some sense because you don't want to pass on a QB in the first round because you really need him right away. You need a guy that's established and going to help the team move further. However, keeping age in mind here, he took Ronnie Stanley, who is the most valuable left tackle in the league right now because of his age and how well he's playing already. Now, on top of that, in the second round, he gets Zadarius Smith. Great outside rush and pressure you can get with Zadarius Smith, and he also plays very well in coverage as an outside linebacker. Third round, Daniel Jones, QB. Adding Ronnie Stanley gives him protection, and to even boost that protection further, Brandon Brooks, the guard. Great additions, good draft overall, but the thing is, Daniel Jones is young, unproven, very shaky draft from the Chargers and Kevin Seifert. 
Carolina Panthers are next. They were drafted by David Newton, who's their Panthers reporter. So David Newton's pick here first was Joey Bosa, which questionable indeed for taking Joey Bosa first, but it's fine. Second round, he takes DeForest Buckner. That's another defensive end. His quarterback choice in round three, Jarrett Stidham. And then in round four, he takes Jedrick Wills Jr., who is a rookie and hasn't even played a snap yet in the NFL. Think about this. Bosa's great, but a seventh overall pick is not where he needs to be. He needs to be later. It's too early to choose him that soon. There are more young, impact-edge rushers than there are reliable QBs. Trust me on that. There was no need to take Bosa that soon. Buckner is fine at where he got picked, but Stidham under center is a major risk, as is protecting him with an unknown in Wills. Absolutely horrible pick from Carolina and David Newton. That's crazy for even considering like that's okay. Arizona Cardinals are next, and they have Josh Weinfuss as their GM, the Cardinals reporter. Takes Drew Brees in the first round. Second round, he's got Chandler Jones. Third round, A.J. Green. And round four, Patrick Peterson. So overall, in the eyes of Weinfuss, the GM, it's 2020 or bust. You got to win this year. You got to win right away. You only get one year out of Breeze, who's 41, and durability issues for Green, which is just going to make the veteran receiver risky to choose at round three. Chandler Jones is an elite edge, and while Peterson's a fine pick in the fourth round, he's almost at the end of his prime. So overall, he chose aged players who just overall, it's just not a good pick. It's We got to win this year or we're going to have to scrap everything and restart, which sounds like the Cardinals. The Jacksonville Jaguars are next, and their draft was done by Mike DiRocco, who is their reporter from ESPN. First round, he's taken Dak Prescott. Fine pick right there. Daniel Hunter taken in the second round. Juju Smith-Schuster in the third. And in the fourth round, Marshawn Lattimore. Out the gate, I've got to say that Prescott falling to ninth is insane. He should have been picked a lot sooner. Hunter is young and remains painfully underrated. Smith-Schuster could have gone in round one if you redrafted a year ago. But because of last season, that knocks him down, so it's a steal for the Jaguars. And then with Marshawn Lattimore, he's one of the best corners in the league already, and he's only 24 years old. So overall, the Jaguars, Mike DiRocco, you killed it. Wow. Wow. Cleveland Browns are next, and they were drafted by Jake Trotter, who is the Browns reporter. First round, he's taking Nick Bosa. I don't like passing on QB at 10th overall. I've already made that clear, but Bosa is his cornerstone defensively. Round two, Justin Herbert. You've got a rookie quarterback that's basically a complete lottery ticket, and that scares me. But in rounds three and four, you get Chris Godwin and Jarvis Landry, so you get a lot of weapons to surround Herbert with, so... I'm going to let this one slide. The Jets were drafted by Rich Cimini, who is the Jets reporter. First round, he's got Carson Wentz. Honestly, well done getting a franchise QB right away. Very smart. Odell Beckham, round two. We know he's got an elite upside. Smart pick to get him in the second round. Third round, Bradley Chubb. Little too early, but 
It's fine. I think it's still a solid pick. He's still got some development to do, which is fine. And in round four, Zach Martin, you get a young guard. It's a very young team all around. I really like it. Great draft by Rich Samini. Bradley Chubb's the only one that's a little shaky for me. The Las Vegas Raiders are next, and they were drafted by Paul Gutierrez, Raiders reporter. Starting out the gate with Aaron Rodgers in the first round. I don't know about that. We know what Rodgers can do, and we know that he's so very talented. But he's not what he used to be. He's getting older now, not the same QB. Second round, Von Miller. He's still got stuff left at 31 years old, so I don't I don't hate the pick. Round three, Josh Jacobs. Round four, Henry Ruggs. Although Jacobs was good as a rookie, a great running back indeed, going running back in the third round is a little bold, which also doesn't help the fact that he hasn't proven himself much in the passing game as a receiver too, as a receiving back. I think there were proven star wide receivers too, that were available when Ruggs was picked. I mean, Tyler Lockett was the last pick in the fourth round of the entire draft. And Ruggs gets picked before him. Very, very questionable draft by Gutierrez and the Las Vegas Raiders. I have to shift my attention now to the Indianapolis Colts, who were drafted by Mike Wells, the Colts reporter. First pick, he's taken Joe Burrow. I do not hate the fact that he took Joe Burrow... But I'm also not thrilled with the fact that he took Zach Ertz in the second round. Even though Ertz is a safe pick, I still think Joe Burrow, potential franchise QB, is just unproven, hasn't played a snap. It's too early to pick him. But in the third and fourth round, they got Quinton Nelson and Darius Leonard. Two of the big focal points of the Colts are ready, so you're already going with reliability with, a hometown, with two hometown guys. Very much like that. Let's jump now to the Tampa Bay Buccaneers who are next, who were drafted by Jenna Lane, the Bucks reporter. First pick in the first in the first round, the Lane chose Tom Brady, which I like, come on. Would like that would ever happen. I mean, and then the second round they take Alvin Kamara, which I don't know why they would do it, but he's a receiving weapon, so I think that just helps Brady overall in the receiving game. Third round, Chris Jones. That's a huge steal because he's such a disruptor on the def- at the defensive tackle position. And in the fourth round, Kenny Galladay. That's a great late round find for the Bucks. Overall, that's a very, very strong draft from Tampa. Granted, Brady is old, but they built up the team with a lot of pieces to start winning within the first two years. So I got to commend that. Next up, we have the Denver Broncos, who were drafted by Jeff Legwold, who is the Broncos reporter. He takes Drew Locke in the first round, which, I I mean, that just shows faith in John Elway making that selection as a GM already. There were a lot of safer QB options, too, and they still took Locke. Second round, Travis Kelsey off the board. That's a good safe pick, especially where they were in the second round. Now... Simmons, though, who they took in the third round, they took Isaiah Simmons. That's risky because he still hasn't played a snap. Picking any rookie is risky. But there's obviously some huge upside for that first rounder. And in the fourth round, Cortland Sutton get a familiar face for Drew Locke. Overall, very, very questionable taking Locke first. 
and, and take a rookie in the third, but I don't hate it. Atlanta Falcons are next. They dra- they were drafted by Vaughn Mc- McClure, who was the Falcons reporter. First round, Matt Ryan. Got to get a familiar face at QB. He's got a few years left, so getting him at where they got him in the first round, it's a strong value. And then in the second round, they get Cameron Jordan. Underrated, second round, defensive end, perfect. But then in round three and four, McClure takes CeeDee Lamb and Jeff Okuda. They went before a lot of proven stars in their position, and I think that is a huge, huge issue. They could have taken a lot of more proven guys who are, young, who are also young, a little bit older, but still young, that have shown that they are big parts of the NFL and that they can make an impact on any team. But it's all right. It's fine. The Dallas Cowboys are next. They were drafted by Todd Archer, who's a Cowboys reporter. First round, he's taking Kyler Murray. Uh, I would say taking Murray at 17 was a little shocking, but still a strong pick, especially where they got him. Second round, Tyron Smith. Familiar face at offensive tackle. That's a steal. Round three, Keenan Allen. I really like that. Getting Keenan Allen at in the third round is really smart. And then ending it with Max Crosby in the fourth round, it's a little bit of a reach, but he had a really good rookie season, so I'm going to trust that Todd Archer knows what he's doing. So kudos to him on that. Next up, we've got the Pittsburgh Steelers, who are drafted by Brooke Pryor, who's the Steelers reporter. First round, she's taking Teddy Bridgewater. I would have aimed younger at that pick, but it's fine taking Bridgewater. He proved himself in the past. Second round, Minka Fitzpatrick, who's already a Steeler now. I mean, that's a strong pick. He's already proven himself being on the Steelers for for last season. I mean, half of it at least. Third round, Mitchell Schwartz. Proven himself as an offensive tackle. Could be reliable. Gives Bridgewater some edge. Takes the edge off of him. And finally, take a DK Metcalf with the fourth round. That's a strong pick at wide receiver. Definitely has a lot of upside coming into this season. A lot more to prove. So, that would have been very strong. Overall, nice draft from prior. Chicago Bears are next, and they were drafted by Jeff Dickerson. Jeff Dickerson decides... In the first round, he's going to take Jimmy Garoppolo, which I know Garoppolo appears legit. And getting him at that pick is a nice value. So, you know what? I'm going to let that go. I'm going to let that slide. But, second round, taking Derrick Henry. Great runner on the ground, but he doesn't catch enough passes to really go at that position, so I don't really like that. And then in round three, Jerry Judy. Jerry Judy. I mean, come on. There's already proven commodities there. There's no need to go for Jerry Judy. That's a reach. And then in round four, Eddie Jackson. I would have looked elsewhere, especially in the fourth round with a lot of talent still on the board, but Jackson is still solid and he's familiar to the Bears system. So overall, not bad. Definitely could be a little better. Next up, we have the LA Rams, who were drafted by Lindsey Theory, who is the Rams reporter. First round, Christian McCaffrey. Incredible running back, incredible player to draft. But something tells me getting a running back at 20th overall, because that's where they were in the 2020 draft, or they would have been, that uh, just doesn't seem right. I think a quarterback would have been better off. 
Now, in the second round, getting Bobby Wagner is great. And then the third round, getting Jared Goff, who's already familiar with the Rams system, it's not a bad find in the third round. And then in the final round, Dante Fowler Jr., defensive end. Bit too early, but very good edge rusher and reliable. So, not bad from theory. The Eagles are next, and Tim McManus, the Eagles reporter, is the GM in this case. First round, he's taken Baker Mayfield. Mayfield isn't unknown, but I think the upside dart throw at number 21, it's not bad. I think it's worth the risk. Now, second round, Chase Young. Chase Young is not really someone I would give a lot of trust into because he hasn't played a snap yet, but still a solid pick. Third round, familiar face, Lane Johnson, elite offensive tackle, great selection. Fourth round, you go ahead and you take A.J. Brown. Again, another player who had a great season last year going over 1,000 yards, but still unsure about what could happen for his future. But big elite upside for him. So Eagles overall, good draft. The Bills are next, and that was drafted by Marcel Luis Jaquez. And that's the Bills reporter. I'm pretty sure I butchered the last name, and I apologize. But I just want to focus on this draft. So this GM decides with the first round he's going to take Michael Thomas. Thomas is probably the most valuable non-QB in the league. But in round two, you're getting Josh Allen. Can Josh Allen actually get the ball to him? That's a big question mark. Then taking Matt Judon in the third round and Micah Hyde in the fourth round feels a little early for both of them, respectively. But overall... It's not the worst I've seen. Michael Thomas, I mean, that's always the best pick when you go for Michael Thomas. It's always great. Next up, we have the New England Patriots, who were drafted by Mike Reese, the Patriots reporter. First round, Sam Darnold. Surprising hearing that from a Patriots reporter, but taking Darnold over Stidham is a smart move. But locals will disagree, probably. Second round, TJ Watt. That's a steal, a huge steal. And then the third and fourth round, Reese got Amari Cooper and Frank Clark. That's amazing, and I think it's a solid job Reese did filling out the roster in that finals two rounds. Great job. Overall, probably one of the best drafts I've seen here. New Orleans Saints are next, and they were drafted by Mike Triplett, the Saints reporter. He takes Khalil Mack, the outside linebacker, first round. That's great. But he's also 29 years old and not a QB, so I can't really give a lot of kudos there. Second round, Ryan Ramsick. That's a risky move. That is... Second round, he takes Ryan Ramsick. That's a good pick, as well as in third round when they get Jamal Adams. Two great picks. But the fourth round getting Phillip Rivers, that's just a short-term answer. So I think they were looking to win right away by having Mack and Rivers there and Adams and Ramsick. The Vikings were drafted by Courtney Cronin, who is their reporter. She goes Ryan Tannehill in the first round. I mean, she's also betting on the fact that she's going to get the Tannehill of 2019, but we'll see. However, second, third, and fourth round going for Devontae Adams, Arik Armstead, and Harrison Smith, all safe and strong picks. Overall, not bad. Tannehill's the only question mark. The Houston Texans are next. They were drafted by Sarah Barshop, the Texans reporter. First round, DeAndre Hopkins. I mean, 
I'm not shocked that she went with him because he's just a classic. You don't let somebody like that go, a franchise receiver. Right, Bill O'Brien? Second round, though, Sarah gets smart and takes Saquon Barkley. So they get a running back in the second round. I would have passed on a running back in the second round, but getting the young, dynamic Barkley, that's a really good move that you can't pass up. Derek Carr was taken in the third round, which is strong value. And then in the fourth round, Tyron Matthew, which is versatility at its finest. So that's a terrific get in the fourth round. Overall, Texans, definitely one of the stronger drafts. Seattle Seahawks, drafted by Brady Henderson, Seahawks reporter. First round, Mike Evans. That's a difference maker, but a little bold of a pick in the first round, but still very good. Second round, Jalen Ramsey. I mean, Ramsey, tremendous get in the second round with his talent there at the cornerback position. Third round, Ben Roethlisberger. Ben Roethlisberger, although he's coming off injury, it's a nice save if you want reliability right away. And if you want to win right away. And in the fourth round, Demarcus Lawrence. That's another tremendous get in the fourth round. Seahawks really killed it. They did a great job in this draft. Next up is the Baltimore Ravens, who were drafted by Jamison Hensley, Ravens reporter. First round, Matthew Stafford. I mean, Stafford's one of the steals of the draft here, especially the slate. The 32-year-old is an above-average starter, so getting him is big because you're going to have him for a few years, maybe even more than that. Second round, Julio Jones. I mean, that's a short window to have with Stafford and Jones. That's, that's, it's short, but it's also reliable and smart. As for third and fourth round, J.J. Watt. Big, big pick. And then Stephon Diggs in the fourth. Stephon Diggs will have to step up after Jones retires. They're building a strong offense led by a defensive cannon on defense with J.J. Watt. Smart, all around by Jameson. Really respect it. Tennessee Titans are next. They were drafted by Teron Davenport. Titans reporter. First round, Tyreek Hill. Tyreek Hill, out the gate, smart. That's a game changer right away. And in the second round, quickly got him a QB with Cam Newton. Cam Newton, very, very risky here. But then getting Fletcher Cox in the third round, that is not risky. That's a disruptor. And then the fourth round, getting Jari Alexander. Jari Alexander is also a defensive disruptor at the cornerback position. So, not bad from Davenport. Green Bay Packers drafted by Rob Domovsky, Packers reporter. This Packers reporter takes Tua in the fir- at the end of the first round. That's arguably as good as Joe Burrow pre-injury, so getting him becoming a potential star at 22, it's an excellent value and smart pick. But then, right away, Demofsky gets a protection by getting David Bakhtiari in the second round. That's one of the best in the league. Probably career-wise, even. And then, on top of that, Darius Slay. Top corner in the league right now in the third round. But then in the fourth round, Justin Tucker? Justin Tucker, a kicker? No, I, I, I can't with that. I can't. I can't agree with it. I'm sorry. Everything was good up until that point. It was strong until they took the kicker. Sorry, Domovsky. The 49ers are next. They were drafted by Nick Wagner, who is a 49ers reporter. 
First round, George Kittle. Right at the end of the first round, George Kittle. That's probably the best at his position. And then you've got Miles Garrett in the second round, like right away. Those two together are, again, like the best at their positions. Round three, Jameis Winston. Great QB to have in the third round, especially where they were at 95. And then the final round in round four, they get Grady Jarrett, who is an elite defensive tackle. I really, really like it, just except for the Winston part. Because Winston needs protection, they didn't get that. So, I can't really side with it. And finally, the Kansas City Chiefs get the final pick of the first round, and they are the final team to go over here. Drafted by Adam Teicher, or Teicher. Again, I'm butchering these names, but you guys will probably know them, especially if you're a fan of these teams. Chiefs reporter. At the end of the first round, he's taking Stephon Gilmore. I mean, getting the league's best corner is great. But then getting back-to-back running backs at round two and three, not smart at all. Especially when they're Dalvin Cook and Nick Chubb. I'm sorry, that you only need one. You can't have the other. And then finally end it in round four with 30-year-old borderline backup QB Tyrod Taylor. That's just problematic. I hate that. I hate that selection. It's a huge issue. And with that, those are all 32 teams and what they selected. Very questionable picks all the way around. But overall, I think the reporters did a good job. A few of them definitely did not do well. And then there were a few who exceeded expectations by doing very well. So I've got three teams who exceeded expectations. i got three who did not. So let's start out the gate with the first team who really did well, the Miami Dolphins. No joke in my mind. I mean, no doubt. Cameron Wolf did a great job. I think adding Aaron Donald, you get a defensive beast. And I literally mean a beast of a man. This guy will throw people. He won two Defensive Player of the Year for a reason. Dude's great. Great addition for the Miami Dolphins there. And then taking Ezekiel Elliott, second round. Again, granted, it's a running back. But it's a really, really good running back. Third round, Kirk Cousins. They needed a QB. They got a starting QB, a proven starter QB. Really like it. And then finally, Kevin Byard, you get a solid safety. Great picks all around by the Dolphins. Love it. As for a team I'm not happy with, the Chargers. I mean, think about it. The Chargers, Kevin Seifer, what were you thinking? Ronnie Stanley, great. I really like the fact you got offensive protection. I'm happy you got Zadari Smith, who is a proven linebacker on the outside. But the only thing that brought the entire thing down, which I hated, was getting Daniel Jones in the third round. Daniel Jones is unproven and has not proved himself to be an elite Franchise QB. So, obviously, I'm not a fan of this one bit. So, Chargers lost this one for sure. Another team that didn't do well? The Chiefs. I mean, think about it. There were the GM, this reporter whose name I cannot pronounce, got Gilmore. And that was probably it. Gilmore and that's it. No disrespect to Dalvin Cook and Nick Chubb, but you need one over the other. You cannot have both. Because if you have both, that hurts your team. Because then you have no receiving weapons, you have no offensive line, you have no defensive line, you have no linebackers, it doesn't help. 
So one or the other, but they didn't do that. And what does that do? It screws you over in the final round when you are forced to take a borderline backup QB in Tyrod Taylor. Nope, I hate it. I dislike it very much. Sorry, Chiefs, that was a horrible, horrible draft. Probably the worst one I've seen. But as for another team who did really well, Tampa Bay. Tampa Bay did a great job. Jenna Lane killed it. Tom Brady, I get his age, but you're giving him a receiving running back in Alvin Kamara who's shifty and quick. You're getting Chris Jones, who is a bull rusher down the middle on defense. Phenomenal. And then Kenny Galladay as the big primary weapon for Tom Brady. Huge, huge, huge. They hit every mark they needed to, and Lane did a great job doing that. And finally, the last team I am very, very happy with is the Detroit Lions. The Detroit Lions start out with getting the reigning MVP, Lamar Jackson. Getting Lamar Jackson, very, very smart. And I'm very happy with it. Then you go Derwin James to safety. A little bit of a stretch to go safety, but you get one of the best in the game right there quickly, must I say. And then, to make matters even better, Tredavious White, one of the best corners in the game as we speak. So honestly, I've got to give a lot of respect and props to the Lions for making such great picks. And then, let's not forget, DJ Moore who can only get better as the time goes on at receiving, at a wide receiver position. Great job by Rothstein. Huge props. And as for the team who disappointed me the most, one of the teams that disappointed me the most, Chicago. And the reason why Chicago really disappointed me is because Dickerson, Garoppolo, and Derrick Henry. Two great pieces. I'm happy about that. But you're not helping Jimmy because you didn't get offensive line protection. You didn't get a defensive line. In fact, you focused on the safety who is getting older and isn't the same player he once was because he had a down year last year. And then on top of that, you're taking a rookie wide receiver as and played a single snap in Jerry Judy. I can't trust it. I hate it. I'm sorry. Jeff Dickerson, I just don't like it because you're taking too many risks. So obviously, it doesn't work out. But that is the ESPN full redraft done, four rounds from their reporters, playing the GM role. All around, I think they did a phenomenal job trying to get it done. Some reporters did better than others. I mean, for example, Bucks reporter did great, the Dolphins reporter did great, and the Lions reporter did pretty good. I'm very happy with some of these teams. But teams like the Chiefs and the Bears, they, they, they tanked. It's not good. They got to get better, and they got fo- to refocus. They got to figure out exactly what their team needs. I know it's bad position, it's hard, but at the same time, you got to focus on the value. You got to decide whether or not you want to win now or win later. Sometimes it's best to win later and develop your team over time so you can win a Super Bowl within your fourth or fifth year. But unfortunately, some of the reporters didn't get that message and wanted to win right away. And that's what leads to the downfall for a lot of these teams. It opens your eyes. It's not easy being a general manager or a coach. But thank you guys for listening. I really appreciate it. This has been Pigskin Pulpit. I'm your host, the Sideline Statsman. Make sure to tune in on Friday for our new episode coming out. Again, we're uploading every Tuesday and Friday. We're getting the website up and going right now. Working on it still. And then YouTube videos will be coming out very soon, as soon as our schedule analysis is finished. 
But until our next episode on Friday, we will see you next time. Have a great day, everybody.